Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. A bill seeking to cover every Californian with state-financed health insurance faced a deadline last night to make it out of the state assembly. But just before it was set for a vote, Assembly Bill 1400 was withdrawn by its author, Democrat Ash Kalra. The bill would have made California the only state in the nation with a single-payer health care system. And for more on what happened, I'm joined by KQED health correspondent April Demboski. April, thanks so much for being with us. Happy to happy to be here. All right. So explain why did Assemblymember Kalra, who proposed the bill, shepherded it through? Why did he pull it at the last minute? He just didn't have the votes. Uh, he needed about 40 to get it through the assembly floor. And he said he was short by double digits. So rather than have it fail miserably, he pulled it. Um, you know, Democratic lawmakers... They had a lot of questions about how the plan would work and they weren't fully laid out in the bill. So the hope had been, you know, let's just continue the conversation, advance the bill to the Senate and plan to answer some of those questions there. But in the end, uh, lawmakers just weren't ready to put their names behind a bill that had so many unfinished pieces. Um, I spoke to Assemblymember Ash Kalra this morning and here's what he said about his decision to pull the bill. Uh, we, were, we were far short the votes necessary to pass it. And uh, I think it would have been far more damaging for the cause of single-payer health care and for this particular piece of legislation to take it up for a vote and have it go down in flames uh, versus the opportunity to continue to work with some of the legislators who are going to be around for quite some time and try to get them on board. So ultimately, you know, Colbert just said he he needed more time to educate and work with his colleagues on the plan. I see. Still, it sounds like supporters of single payer, I'm thinking about the nurses union here, were pretty disappointed about the bill's failure to come up for a vote. They were they were really angry. They they condemned the decision not to bring it up for a vote. Um and, you know, they they wanted to see who was going to vote for this, even if it was going to fail. So they wanted a public record of who was going to openly support single payer and who wasn't. And the idea was, you know, once they know who's not in support, then they can put pressure on those folks and help bring them around, you know, the next time a vote was going to come up. Um, but things around this this question, this strategy got really heated um, in the last week. The Progressive Caucus of the Democratic Party actually threatened to pull endorsements from Democrats that didn't vote for the plan. 
there was talk of challenging the reelection of lawmakers who who didn't vote for it. And so I think in the end, as we heard, you know, Assemblymember Kalra allude to, he he just decided not to subject lawmakers to that mm. kind of scrutiny and criticism and just sort of figured, you know, in the long run, many of these lawmakers would survive a reelection challenge. And then, you know, where would that leave us? He would still need their votes and he didn't want them to feel you know, so alienated by the process this time around, um, you know, he wanted them to support it in the long run. We're talking with April Domboski about the latest effort to pass single-payer health care in California. And you, our listeners, are invited to share whether or not you think single-payer still has a chance in this state. If you think legislators should keep trying, why or why not? 866-733-6786, the number, 866-733-6786. You can get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Email us, forum, at kqed.org. So those were the political concerns that you laid out, April. Talk about some of the policy concerns. What were some of the concerns that you were alluding to earlier about just what it would mean to to change to single payer? Yeah, there were a lot of questions around financing. So even though this bill, AB 1400, was focused solely on the, the policy framework, you know, the financing had been laid out in a separate bill that was not going to get voted on this year. But you know, some of the lawmakers just wanted reassurances that the money was going to work out before they move forward on these policy questions. So there was some real sticker shock around some taxes that had been proposed to cover some of the costs. Um, I can go into detail about that. Um, But one of the other really big sticking points was around federal money. So for single payer to have any kind of chance in California, the state would need to get permission from the federal government to use federal money that we already get for, you know, Medicare, for seniors, um, to help run our Medicaid program for low-income Californians, which which we call Medi-Cal. So we would need to get permission from the feds so that we could use that money and put it toward a single-payer system instead. And there were just still a lot of questions about whether California was going to be able to get that permission um, from you know, from the Biden administration, there were a lot of concerns around, well, what happens if, you know, uh, Biden doesn't get reelected, you know, and, and somebody new comes into office, perhaps a Republican who doesn't like this plan, you know, what kind of stability do we have around this money? Yes, that is a big question. And and yes, do do tell us what the estimates were in terms of how much the state would need to raise taxes on an annual basis to fund this. Yeah, so um, you know the the estimates for how much the it would cost to run the system varied um, from between three hundred fifty billion to about close to four hundred billion dollars a year. Um, you know, uh, the federal money would cover quite a bit of that, and then the proposal for taxes was about a hundred and sixty three billion, and that was um, you know a combination of income taxes on the wealthy, um, the wealthiest Californians, but it also included uh, business taxes, taxes on businesses that had more than $2 million of revenue in a year. Um, There was, you know, definitely talk that some of that would likely get passed on to consumers. Um, And then there were payroll taxes as well. So, um, you know, payroll tax on businesses that had uh, 50 or more employees, as well as um, taxes on 
um, businesses that had uh, employees that made roughly um, $50,000 a year or more. And, you know, the context for this is that um, the idea is that these taxes that we would be paying into a single payer system would replace what we are already paying on our monthly healthcare premiums or on our, you know, out-of-pocket costs like deductibles and co-pays. And uh, the supporters of the bill said in the long run, what we as consumers would pay would actually be less. Um, but it's just a, it's a big learning curve, I think, um, for, for the public and for lawmakers, you know, when you hear <laughs> your taxes are going to go up and, you know, this is a proposal that ultimately would have gone in front of voters to approve these taxes. Um, it's a heavy lift. And yeah. so I think that was a, it was a, a, a big obstacle. Well, to your point on what it would replace, Marsha writes on Facebook, we all already pay too much for premiums and high deductible plans that we can't afford to use. And if you're lucky enough to have employer paid health care, you need to look at your total compensation. Then imagine what you could have done with the money your employer contributed to the insurer, the broker, HR and all those administrators. Still, as you say, there was a lot of opposition. You've actually spoken or done some coverage about the opposition by the physicians group, the California Medical Association. Also, uh, Ned Wigglesworth of Protect California Healthcare, a coalition of healthcare providers, was also quoted as saying that um, this going down protected constituents from higher taxes and chaos in the system. Where is the governor on this? Where's Governor Newsom on this, April? You know, it's it's a little unclear. Uh, governor Newsom campaigned on single payer when uh, he was running for governor back in 2018. Once he took office, though, his rhetoric kind of shifted almost right away. He started focusing really on a question of universal access to insurance. Um, and, and these are two different things, really. Um, yes. But so you should, can you explain that difference? Because that language has been used to describe, you know, the same thing when it's quite different. It, exactly. So, um, so universal access is a question of, you know, making sure everybody is able to buy health insurance um, if they want it. And we made a lot of there was a lot of progress around this with the Affordable Care Act, which actually, you know, requires folks to to buy insurance and, and provides subsidies so that people can to help people afford it. Um, but there was a large group of folks who were left out of that. Um, undocumented immigrants are not eligible to um, buy plans through the Affordable Care Act or qualify for the Medicaid portion of the Affordable Care Act, which um, provides uh, health coverage to folks who can't afford it. Um, and so California has been making uh, great strides on this front in the last several years. The first step was taken uh, when Governor Brown was in office, um, you know, extending Medi-Cal coverage to kids um, up to age 18. And then when Newsom took office, he um, really took up the mantle on this and proposed extending that to young adults. And then last year in the budget, um, you know, money and money was set aside to now extend um, that coverage to people who are age 50 and older. Um, and so that was something that came through with the budget surplus that California saw Last year, the original proposal had been for folks 65 and older, and they extended it to folks 50 and older, which is a which is a really big 
increase in folks because of the demographics of immigrants um, skewing skewing younger. Yeah. And then this year, the governor has proposed to close the full gap um, so that you know all all undocumented immigrants would have access to to Medi-Cal coverage. Um, so, so that is, I mean, you know, yes, that that's is, how he gets to universal in terms of access, right? Universal in terms of access, access right. Which, yeah. you know, to be fair is a monumental change. You know, if, if this goes through California will be the first state in the country to do something like this. Right. But still very different from the state being the sole provider and this big question of, of whether even private or external insurance would exist, which is a huge uh, change to our healthcare delivery system. Uh, let me go to caller Robert in Carmichael. Hi, Robert. Hi. I just wanted to say that um, I think that single payer would be a step toward democratizing our health care system. Uh, in lieu of the program was just recently on forum about the way in which uh, private equity firms are gaining the mm -hmm. medical system. And it, it becomes a, a fact that the the system is there more to benefit the investor class rather than the actual end user. And I just I think that single payer would be a step in the right direction. That's all. Well, Robert, thanks. And that's what we're talking about, listeners, the effort to pass single payer health care in California and where it goes from here after uh, failure for the bill to come up for a vote last night, the second attempt at single payer in five years. And you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. And so, April, this listener writes, in theory, I support this, but my son has type 1 diabetes and my Kaiser coverage is excellent. I don't have faith that California is ready to take this on yet. We cannot handle public education, infrastructure, or frankly, COVID. I wish we were able to use our amazing wealth to do this, but just don't think we have our act together at this point. So, April, where do you see this going? Do you think single payer will be introduced? Do you think um, that this is something that ultimately is just too big for a state as massive as California and an economy as massive as Californians to, to make the shift toward? You know, I think the challenges are really, really enormous. I think, you know, the, the question of the political will is is really unclear at this at this point, you know. Governor Newsom has convened a commission um, at the state level that is is looking into single payer. So this is uh, an effort that is completely separate from the bill that just was pulled. Um, oh. And uh, the commission is they're expected to issue their report in the spring with you know some recommendations of what it would take to advance toward a single payer system in the state. Now the question is you know will there be any kind of timeline attached to those recommendations, you know, will there be any kind of obligation to take up some of these recommendations? Um, so I, I personally am going to be really curious to see what happens in the fall, you know, what will the campaign rhetoric be around single payer, you know, there is support for it in the polls. But again, there are just so many questions, just like the, the listener who wrote in who that you know so many questions that folks have and so i don't i'll be curious to see how politicians handle that how critical will it be for more doctors to get on board and are you seeing a shift in that at all around doctors uh you know doctors are are really interesting um the california medical association which is the big um, trade group for doctors in the state they represent about fifty thousand doctors um, they are officially opposed to single payer, um, historically, um, 
you know, the doctors associations have been opposed going back almost a hundred years um, to, to any kind of major attempts at health reform. Um, and what the doctors are saying right now is, well, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. This is, you know, the worst time to try to overhaul our healthcare system. They also say, well, you know, we're making so many strides in, in health reform. Why not continue the momentum of the direction we're already headed in? Um, and, you know, there are, there are undertones. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, was being discussed uh, behind closed doors around this particular bill was around doctors, you know, how, how would they be paid in a single payer system? This is something that um, has concerned doctors with, you know, proposed shifts. Um, would they be looking at a, a pay cut? <laughs> um, you know, the proponents of the bill had assured them no, but there were there were broader questions, questions around autonomy in decision making. So, you know, I think doctors are already frustrated by, you know, health insurance companies coming in, overruling their decisions or challenging their decisions about what is medically necessary. And those qu those questions wouldn't necessarily go away under a state run program. I mean, the incentives would surely shift as some of our listeners have indicated if it's not, you know, if, if insurance companies aren't looking to make profits and please their shareholders. Uh, but there would still be budget constraints over how much money the state had to spend. There would still be some kind of rules around, you know, what kind of care uh, was allowed and what wasn't. Um, so I think, yeah, I think doctors were really concerned about, you know, about those kinds of questions. They were concerned about retention. Um, you know, there. One of the big questions about California kind of going on going on its own with this is being the only state in the nation that is doing this. And so there was some talk, maybe maybe doctors in California wouldn't want to participate that in that and they would retire early or or move to another state to practice. Well, we have some interesting questions about whether this can be done in other ways. For example, Curtis asks, is it possible for a, a municipality or county in California to adopt single-payer health insurance? And Steve writes, what I'd like to see the federal government do is create a program for several states to create an experiment for a single-payer system rather than choose a large state like California, perhaps entice smaller, poorer states with troubled health care systems that could use the help and be interested in such a plan. We need a national health care system, but running a state pilot program first makes sense. Do you hear any of that? Brewing? Uh, I have not heard anything like mm. that brewing. I think, uh, you know, people are kind of licking their wounds a little bit right now. I mean, of course, there's certainly hope and a, and a commitment to kind of keep moving forward on this, but um, nothing specific like that in terms yeah. of municipal or, or regional. It, it might be helpful to note that um, the state of Vermont actually did pass a plan to um, run a single payer system in right. that state and ultimately abandoned it because it was too expensive. Well, Annette writes, I'm a strong supporter of single payer, but I do not believe that it should be implemented all at once. I believe that the change can only be made incrementally. It sounds like if it's made, that is the way at this point, since Colorado is calling this sort of a pause. So we'll see what happens next. April, thanks so much for filling us in. Yeah, thanks for having me. April Domboski, health correspondent for KQED News. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim.
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.